I'm done talking. <laughs> and I'm excited for Pastor Pam to come up. I get to introduce Pastor Pam, and I don't really get to do that. So I'm going to say a few things about Pastor Pam. <laughs> Pastor Pam has a heart for people. And she uh, loves the Lord with her whole heart. And she um, loves to be used by him. And she is a vital part of this ministry. And we love her dearly. She's an amazing leader to our sisterhood, our sisterhood events. Amen. Amen. And I actually have prophesied, I believe this, this sisterhood is going to be one day. She doesn't know it. I don't know when the timing is, but I'm saying God has an, like, there's an anointing on her life, and I can't wait for that first massive sisterhood conference. She's going to be blown away. So let's welcome Pastor Pam as she brings the word. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you excited tonight? Yes. I am. I know. You get... Hallelujah. Well, I'm excited tonight. For those of you that don't know me, I'm Pastor Pam, as, as Raina shared, and I'm one of the assistant pastors here at the Brick Campus, and this seems a little loud, but anyway, I have something I'm going to share tonight, and to be honest with you, I've been saying that I, when I came in here, I said, I've been crying all week with this message in a good way. Um, today, it was so funny. I'm not into the message yet, but today when I was uh, studying, kind of pulling things together, and I was, you know, believing that the Lord would just really speak through me, because uh, how many know we're just a vessel, right? Yes. Yielded yes. vessel. And um, I kept saying, Lord, this is your message. Yes. I'm just carrying it for you. But when you carry a baby, like you're carrying something, this particular message I've been carrying for months, as far as something that, um, and I, Raina, you put it good wherever you are, we were talking about it. A part of God, we, we've heard this before, but it's a part of him that he's revealed in a really intimate way for me that I received it, and I'm just a carrier of it. But so today, when I was at home, and it was so funny, my sister, Glennis, had called me in the middle of bawling my eyes that I had cried for about an hour. Every time I was reading a scripture, I just was bawling at my computer, and I ran upstairs to my son, Anthony, and I said, if mommy ever has an ungrateful heart. Remind her of this day because I was just so excited to read the word of God to see where God has taken us from and what he's given us. And it is the good news of the gospel. Amen. And so um, why don't we pray first and then um, I'll start sharing. But Father, we just thank you for this night. I thank you for every single person that's in here, Lord God. I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice, Lord God. I thank you that tonight they have come here and you will speak into their hearts, Father God. Lord, you're going to shift and you're going to rearrange anything that needs to be rearranged, Father God. Anyone who's weary, thank you for strengthening them. Father, thank you that you are going to do a deep work. And Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit who is the teacher on the inside of each person in here, Father God. And he will teach each person specifically and personally what they need to hear from this message. And Father, I yield myself to you tonight as a vessel. Father, I step out of the way right now 
Father, for how I think it needs to go, what I need to say, I step out of the way. And Father, I just empty what my, my thoughts are, whatever I want to do. I've studied. I've showed myself approved unto you, Father God. And I thank you that you have your way. That as I step out of the way, Holy Spirit, that you, you have your way to speak to hearts. You have your way to do interchange in work in the hearts of every woman and man here. And Father, I thank you that where people have been hopeless, that the seed of hope would be planted and arise in every heart tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So in the beginning of the year, going into the new year, um, I had said to Pastor, I'd even talked to Pastor Beth, we were talking, and I just sensed that 2023 was going to be a new year. Not just a new year. We knew we were turning the calendar from 22 to 23, but I knew that something was going to be very new about the year. There was an expectancy for me that I haven't had in a really long time that something in 2023, there were cycles were going to be broken in people's lives, old patterns were going to be broken, and that this would be a year that the Holy Spirit would just blow into our lives and that there was a lot of residue that we would seek. You know, like when the beach or when a wind comes through when there's a storm, right? It blows those leaves, it blows those re that residue away. And that there was gonna be just a sense of newness for this year. And I hadn't sensed that in such a long time. And even with talking to pastor, we had talked about that. And then I just kept hearing other voices um, talking about that. And I really felt like that was a prophetic word or a, a word in season for, for our body, our local body, that this year would be a year of the new. But how many know many times the new doesn't have to be, you don't have to go somewhere else, move to another state or something like that to experience it. The new many times is something internal that God does. Maybe it's the way we see things, maybe it's the way we do things. And I believe God wanted to do in 2023 something fresh and new. And this message that he had put in my heart is what he's been walking me along over the last few months. So I almost feel like I'm carrying a baby, like that excitement of giving birth to something that, the, a seed of God that he had put in my heart. And not only for me, but really as this comes out for you. And there's excitement in that, amen? Amen. amen. So tonight, the name of the message is Transformed. And um, I love that title. And then, so this week, um, we're gonna, the name of what I'm sharing this title for this night is, um, he, didn't, he didn't leave us in our weakness, he empowered us. God doesn't leave us in our weakness, he empowers us in our weakness. And then next week we're gonna talk about, it's not willpower, but God's power, that we experience change. So I have a question for you. As a Christian, and I don't need you to say this out loud, but as a believer in Christ, have you ever wrestled with this question or wrestled with this? You know that the Bible talks about, and you've heard teachings on, a pastor has taught about it, we know it, that we have been a new creation in Christ. How many of us have heard that, right? But how many of you have heard that? How many of you have sat underneath the teaching, but you ask yourself, I know I'm a new creation in Christ, but I, never, I don't feel like it. Or you ask yourself, why, if I'm a new creation in Christ, do I still struggle with those patterns? Do I struggle with the same things over and over again, right? Maybe it's yelling at your spouse. Maybe there's a lot of anger there. Maybe it's like years ago, what I used to do as I was like a maniac with my kids in the morning. 
and I would, my older son, Anthony, was so sensitive, and I never forget, Anthony would say to me, um, Mommy, you're scaring me, because as we're getting ready in the morning, I just would lose control and constantly yell and scream at my kids. And Anthony was very sensitive to that. And the Holy Spirit began to show me where that came from. He began to move in that area. But how many of you, sometimes you're like, okay, I'm going to start getting up early. Um, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to spend time with God. And then you find yourself just hitting the snooze button in the morning, right? How many of you do that? Or maybe it's that cycle of consistently, I don't want to mistreat people, but for some reason I keep cycling in my, in my relationships, um, a lot of us probably can also, you know, you say, I'm not going to binge watch Hulu or, or Netflix or TV and like you're three episodes in and it's two o'clock in the morning. It's like, how did I get here? How did I scroll Facebook for half an hour when I said that I really didn't want to get on social media? And the last one, which I know you all have done this, is every one of you have probably come in to this church and you're like, I am not eating a cookie on that table when I go out. <laughs> You're like, but how is it that this cookie has so much power over you when you walk out the door, right? You're walking out the door and it's like, I'm not going to have that cookie. And then you're eating the cookie. How many of you have done that? It's like, I'm breaking sugar. And then the next thing you know, we're eating sugar. And so we all deal with that. And so, and I know that could be a really frustrating thing for each one of us. And here's the thing. And here's like kind of the one big takeaway that I want us to really walk away with tonight it's a two-part series we're doing, so next week we're going to really get into the minutia a little bit more with some things, but when you've struggled so long with the same issue or issues, some of us question whether there's really power in what Christ has done for you, and you battle with the question, is change really possible? Because even for a believer, change is not always easy. The Apostle Paul, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and the Apostle Paul even said in Romans chapter 6 and 7, he gives us an account of, he's telling us, I do what I don't want to do, and what I don't want to do, I do. And he's like, there's this battle, because we're battling, we're battling with different parts of us. We have a spirit, we're, we have a soul, and a body. We're going to reference this a little bit tonight, a little bit, and then more next week. But there's different parts of us that we battle with. And continuing to stand for change can be discouraging. I've been there and I know that. And when you don't see change or when it seems slow, many times we lose hope. And it's very hopeless to feel like you can't change. So if, you, if what I'm sharing resonates with you, I want to encourage each one of you tonight that there is hope for change. Say, there's hope for change. Hope for change. Jesus, is my hope. Yeah. Jesus is my hope. I can experience new life, experience new life. like I'm promised. In his, word. in his word. And so tonight we're going to lift this burden. So we're going to lift the burden off of you, if any of you are dealing with it, and we're going to challenge this lie that you either will never change or you can't change. And I'm going to show you from scripture. We're going to put foundations. It's a very doctrinal message I'm going to share tonight, but in a very practical way is how the Holy Spirit gave it to me. So I wanted to share a brief where this, where this really came out of. So Several years ago, um, years and years ago, really my whole life, I struggled a lot with a lot of emotional baggage, a lot of depression, self-hatred, all of that stuff, a lot of shame. And I felt like the, the dialogue for me was always, I would look in the mirror and see myself and think, because you're constantly in this cycle of hatred about yourself, 
you will never come out of it. And so I would go into these in my soul, just a really, when I say dark place, not that I would go into a dark place, but I would go into a place where I always felt sad, shameful, disconnected from people, and I struggled for years. And I thought that I was never gonna experience anything different than what I was in for all those years. I would go, and how many of you have done this? I, I keep a binder every year. I have a whole big binder of all of my time that I spend with God, and they're all the room that I'm like, I have to like get someone to come in and do something with the room because I have binders everywhere in our spare room, and I keep all of those. I always say if anything happened and I need to move out of my fa house really fast, I'm like, I will leave everything, but those binders are coming with me because I'm like, this is my life with God. So I would go back to my binders, and every year... I would get frustrated because I would say, I'm going into a new year, but I'm still taking all of that stuff with me. Like I would look at my binder and say, wait a minute, I was dealing with this like in 2014 and it's 2017 and I still am dealing with the same thing. What is up with that? Like, why is that? And I would go into a horrible place in the beginning of the year, especially. So then fast forward a little bit, I, there was just, I started to see I, growth change and God just really started to do a work. And last year, for some reason, was a really tough year for me. Um, I just had a lot of struggles last year. And for some reason, there were things that happened even with people that I went into this dialogue, like, you're a horrible leader, you shouldn't be leading people. There was even times I'm like, okay, I'm gonna give my resignation to Pastor Joe because I shouldn't be leading people. I'm horrible with people. I, keep, I felt like I just could not get past something. And I remember this flood of feeling that same sense of you will never change and going into that place. So God, um, as the year started to progress towards the end of the year, I knew the Lord said, this is gonna be a new year. 2023 is gonna be new. Things are gonna be broken, expect something new. And he started to, this message started to formulate in my heart. In the middle of that, there was someone I knew, she's a local coach, and she was doing um, a coaching course for women in leadership. And so I knew that I was supposed to take this course. And I was like, I really don't wanna spend the money, it was like a few hundred dollars, but I'm like, no, I know that I need to be in this course. And so I was in the course and she asked this one question this one week, and here was the question. Her question was, I want you to write down this week, what is the main reoccurring um, lie or negative thought that keeps coming up from you, for you, and what is the truth of scripture you can anchor yourself to? Um, and my immediate thing was I knew it was that thought, I will never change and never experience the life that God intended for me. And that's, and, and so God began to do, a, a Holy Spirit began to take me on a journey to reaffirm his word in this area. And this message is birthed out of that. This message came out of that. He began to reaffirm his word in this area for me because I realized I had gotten so focused on who I wasn't, so focused on where I was falling short that I'd forgotten the truth of who God had created me to be, who I really was as a new creation in Christ. And it was, it's just been the most exciting journey that, that he has had me on over the last few months. So for each one of you, I, here's, here's our number one thing. You need to know who you are spiritually. All throughout the New Testament, right? The Apostle Paul 
writes letters to the churches, and this is what he, he writes letters reinforcing the truth about who you and I are in Christ. He goes from church to church to church, telling them who they are in Christ. We see even in the books like Ephesians, the epistle of Ephesians, the first part of Ephesians is who you are in Christ, and then we're told to walk worthy of your calling. In other words, he's saying something is different about you. Something is different about who you are now that you're in Christ. And because of that, uh, you can walk different. Because of that, now you can treat your community different. You can love someone because now the capability to live like Jesus has been deposited on the inside of you. And this is what God began to hone in. The Holy Ghost began to hone in. And the exciting part about this is I was thinking about this today. And this is what got me bawling my eyes out crying. I thought about the Apostle Paul went to, from city to city, to city, to city. They would stone him and he would go back into that city. The apostle Paul would risk his life from city to city with this message that I'm sharing tonight, with the message of the good news of the gospel. And Pastor Tom on the weekends is doing a series right now on, on reconciliation and reaching the lost. This message is the gospel message. And this message is a message that we should get so over the top excited about. And as we go through the scriptures, I am so excited for God to just really speak to your heart. So um, let's go to, um, let's go to our mannequin. Let's go to our mannequins. Okay, so Romans 5. No, we're gonna start in Romans 5, 8. You ready? Um, Romans 5, 8. For when we were still without strength... In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely, for a righteous man would one die, yet perhaps for a good man, someone might even dare to die. But here, listen to this. But God demonstrated his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, say while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. So Christ looked at you Okay, uh, and here's, what, here's, we were a sinner. We were in Adam. I'm gonna get to that a little bit in a second. We were a sinner. So we looked dirty, rags, filthy, dirty. Spiritually speaking, we were sinners. And Christ looked at us and because of the love he had for us, he went to the cross when we were in this condition right here. And this is what the word sinner means. When we had no way of helping ourselves. It's an archery term that means to miss the mark. So without Christ, he's saying, while you were yet constantly missing the mark, while you were yet falling short, while you were yet not able to help yourself, not able to live right, Christ died for you as a sinner. That's the condition you and I were in when Christ found us. While we were sinners, it means this. After the fall, Adam and Eve disconnected from the life of God. We, in this state, before we knew Christ, we were disconnected from the life of God. So we had no way. Just imagine, I'm not a great swimmer. If I ever went out into the ocean and had a hard time, I would be like someone, send me a life jacket. Jesus saved you from drowning because you could not save yourself. When you're drowning, you can't save yourself. But he came and he saved us from this condition. This is why I was crying today because I realized the love that God had, he knew that I would constantly mess up. He knew I would constantly miss the mark. He knew I would deal with the shame that comes with constantly missing the mark. And because he loved me so much, he looked at me and said, I'm going to the cross for them. But that's not even the best news yet. That's exciting. 
But you have to realize, you, the gratitude that I have had, and I was saying, gratefulness, I'm not like a, I have to really try hard to be grateful, I'm just being honest. It's been something that, you know, we do this little grateful thing sometimes at night, I'm like, okay, Joe, what are you grateful for, three things before you go to bed? But naturally speaking, I'm kind of not a super grateful person, I have to really work at it, because I've always had just a real negative tone about me, how I view myself, and so I always would look at what's wrong instead of what's right. Diving into these scriptures again, even though I've heard them, and this journey the Holy Spirit has me on, I'm like, I cannot even be ungrateful if I tried right now, because the gratitude to recognize that I was in this spiritual condition and Christ died for me is so exciting. When Adam and Eve sinned, it was like a virus. You and I received that, it was like a virus that we caught and we all had it. We were predisposed, listen to this, we were predisposed to constantly sinning. Sin actually reigned over us. We could not actually, as someone who does not know Christ, we don't have the capacity to not sin because something inside of us has a sin nature and we're dead. We're dead, we're not alive to Christ. You gotta get this. So you were predisposed, we were predisposed to, to live in addiction, to live in bad, toxic relationships, to, to get angry, all of those things. We, that's how we live our life when you're without Christ because you have no mechanism in you. This changed my life when I really deep dove into this, this whole past few months. We lived in survival mode and here's the thing, we, just like Adam and Eve, remember when they sinned, they tried to meet their needs in a natural way. We tried to, we will constantly, we would try to constantly meet our needs by taking from someone else because it's self. I have to gratify something in me. That's how we live before Christ. Ephesians 2.1, we're gonna get back to this in just a second. Now I need you, this scriptures have opened up to me since this. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, and you, say me, he made alive. Glory to God, say he made me alive. Guys, this is good news. He made us alive. We were dead. We're now alive. We were dead in trespasses and sins. Listen, which you once walked according to the course of this world, right? So the culture, everything around you would determine how you lived your life. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh. We have this little sheet here. All we had, we were only able to live from the flesh, the body and the soul, before we knew Christ, okay? But God, say but God. But God. Who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, by grace we have been saved and raised us up and made us sit in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding richness of his grace. He showed us his grace. He showed us his grace because you and I were in a horrible place spiritually and we had no way to get out of that. And it's by his grace, it's a work of his grace that he reached down and he met us where we were at. And by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now listen, 
This scripture, I've never read it this much in context. Listen, for we are his workmanship, or that word actually means craftsmanship, poema. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in. For we are his workmanship. One of the translations says, recreated in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand. Recreated in Christ Jesus for good works. When you got recreated on the inside, okay, and we're gonna talk more about this. When you got recreated, your spirit man changed. It went from dead to alive. Something in you, listen to this, got a deposit of a seed, like a DNA deposit of God in your heart that now instead of being predisposed to sin, you are now predisposed to walking like Christ because you have the life of God in you. Say, I have the life of God in me, okay? Um, let me go to one other scripture. I don't, do you have, um, I'm just gonna read 1 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation altogether, altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Guys, I need, listen to these scriptures. Take them in. Take the, this is the gospel message that Paul went around preaching everywhere, risking his life because he knew that people needed to hear, you in Christ have not, no more a, a predisposition to sin, but you now have the DNA and the mechanism within you spiritually to walk out this new life in Christ, to be able to, to live and say, I can forgive you, for the love of God to move, for you to be able to withstand sin and temptation and addiction, all of those things. So when the enemy comes and says, you will never change, you, my friend, have the DNA of God on the inside of you, and you have the capacity to change. Everything in the New Testament is geared towards this whole idea of transformation how we've been transformed in Christ. So when the enemy comes knocking at your door like he did for me for many years, and I was believing a lie, and when you are under the influence of a lie, there's bondage. And here's why, truth and freedom go together. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. When you are under the influence of a lie, you are in bondage. And I was in bondage to the lie that I could never change. Hallelujah, God is so good. But it gets even better. So let me give you one other scripture and then we're gonna talk a little bit more about it. So <laughs> I get so, these scriptures are so alive to me right now. I realize that you're hearing them. I know you've heard them from pastor and all, but I've been living with this for months. So it's like I've been pregnant with this. So I, if I'm excited or if I cry or I'm too excited, just, just humor me, okay? So 1 Corinthians 5.21, <laughs> this is so good. In the Amplified, oh no, New King James says this, for he made him, here we go, he made him, Christ. He made Christ who knew no sin to be sin for me or us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So let me show you what happened. Two things have happened to you, which is such good news. <laughs> this is so, I'm sorry, I get very excited. Two things have happened to us as believers. He who knew no sin became sin. So there was an exchange that took place. I have another shirt under here, so I'm not undressing a mannequin in, in church. Okay. 
so let's, let's do this here. So he, I used red because of the blood of Jesus, okay? Yeah. Amen? So, oh gosh, there's Jesus. Okay, sorry, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Christ, Jesus. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. I'm sorry, I don't like that, all that stuff. Okay, so he who knew no sin, he became sin. He became sin. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, you became sin. So that this transaction can take place, so that I and you, glory to God, might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is a two transaction thing. He only not only took our sin, he took our sin, our filthy rags, Jesus did that because of God's grace, because this is an act of God's grace. He's so gracious. He didn't leave you in that position you were in. He took my sin because he knew that if he didn't, I would never be able to live this new life in Christ, enjoy the abundant life, enjoy, enjoy walking out the purposes of God. And this double transaction, he not only took my sin, but he gave me something of his, the very righteousness of Christ, the very life of God, he imparted to me so that I then would have the ability to be able to be free from addiction, the ability to be able to not be stuck in this mindset that you're never gonna change, not to be stuck in all of the patterns that came down from my family line. I never forget when a few years ago, the Lord said, I want you to ha go, and I used to always go to, Coaches, I, I'm a processor with people. I'm, Bill is learning that about me. I said, I process with people. I, I process things with people. And I remember this woman saying to me, Pam, the Lord said, this is what I want you to do. And this woman was a Holy Ghost woman who God appointed for that season of my life. And I will never forget seeing myself when I was on the phone with her and she said, everything, because I was struggling in an area, this is going back into 2020, and how many know there's no stigma in counselors? The Bible says there's wisdom in the multitude of counsel. There's times God has you with someone that, that will be able to help walk you through things. And I will never forget, she said, I want you to see yourself, because I was constantly seeing myself through my family's authority. When I say that, I felt like I kept being under the authority or under the weight of all the things that I was taught, because this is the only way we know how to live, right? So all of those things become lodged in our soul. And so all of those things in my soul, and I remember her saying, you have to come out from the authority of how your family thinks. And that was hard, because sometimes it's scary to come out from a way that we're used to living for so long. And you need to see yourself under the authority of God, under the authority of the word. And she taught me how to do that. She taught me how to walk that out. And a lot of the fruit that I'm, I, I've seen in my life over these last few years have been the result of walking that out, consistently walking that out with God. I want one more scripture to read to you. Colossians 1.24, it says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. This is Paul, the apostle Paul, who all he talked about was the good news of Christ in you, Christ in you. And he says this, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, and here it is, the mystery which has been hidden for ages 
and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of his glory, of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in us is the hope of glory. This was such a compassionate thing. That's why, you know, many of you um, saw Suzanne. She was here a few weeks ago and uh, for women's, and she talked about how she was an alcoholic, depressed, suicidal by the age of like 13, and how God took her, made her, she was a pet, she got saved, she got born again, she ended up being a pastor's wife, she goes around the world preaching the gospel. That's what the grace of God does. That's what the grace of God does. And I wanna just read, I wanna read um, one quick thing, hold on. Just give me a minute. I circled it. Um, there's a woman, author and speaker, and this is what she said. She said, I was speaking at a women's conference one day, and I remember walking off the stage and being overtaken with emotion. She said, I started to cry and said, I don't know how I get to do this. I'm a girl from the hood who didn't even know how to read, who was under, who was an under-equipped and didn't even go to seminary. I feel so unworthy for this opportunity to preach God's word. That's what the grace of God will do. That's what this does for us. It takes us and it says, your past is done. Jesus no longer looks at our past. And here's the thing. We are not just a slightly improved sinner, guys. This, what it means to be new on the inside for this new creation, this is what the word means. It's, it's really the word that means to be regenerated or regened. In other words, you have the seed and potential and life of Christ in you that you can, and, and what we do is we have to, we, we begin to walk it out. The Holy Spirit, our, our spirit man, this is spiritually speaking I'm talking about, has changed now the problem with the cookies and the problem with being on the phone and the problem with all of these comes because we still, and again next week we're gonna dive more into this, is we still have a carnal nature. We still have a parts of our soul that have been unrenewed. Let me just hop over to here. We still have parts of our, our life that have been unrenewed. I wanna read this one more thing before we talk about the second little piece or the second little point. This woman says this, I, I read her post on Facebook and I thought it was so powerful. She said, I've had people tell me that they can't believe I'm able to share my full, raw, uncensored testimony and not be worried about what people think of me. The answer is simple, that girl is dead. You've got to see yourself, spiritually speaking, that old person is dead. I now have a new creation which means something that never existed before. There's a newness in me that's not just an upgraded version. Like, you know how you get upgraded versions of your phone? No, it's a brand new thing. The new life that we have is something in you that never existed before. It's brand new. And it's, it's that exchange that we made with Christ. So she says, they asked me why I'm able to share my full raw uncensored testimony and not be worried about what people think of me. The answer is simple, that girl is dead. 
I am born again, a new creation. In fact, when I tell my testimony, I am sharing firsthand experience from an old life that I no longer occupy. When I accepted Jesus, I found a love better than anything my old life had to offer. And with that death to self, I also died to the opinions of man, and now I live to please my Father in heaven. The devil knows that his kryptonite is a dead to self, born again believer, sharing the bold testimony of exactly what the blood of Jesus has done for them. I once was a drug addict, traumatized, abused, a sex worker, a Satanist, a murderer, a home wrecker, violent offender, depressed and suicidal, but God, say but God. God. He saved me from myself. He, He died and gave me a whole new life in him. He forgave my sins and wiped the slate clean. And he gave me a brand new start, a brand new identity, and a brand new heart. Number two, as we work this out here. So the first thing you've got to know is who you are in Christ. You've got to know you have a new spiritual DNA. You are predisposed to being able to walk out this new life, this new life of just being able to have the life of God flow through you to minister to people, the life of God flow through you to to walk. And here's really what it means to be transformed. It's not that you become so amazing, it's that little by little, and next week we're gonna talk about that whole sanctification, it's called the sanctification process. Little by little, we die to self so that this part, since Christ lives in us, begins to live a little bit more through us. Begins to live a little bit more through us. Begins to live, live a little bit more through us. Amen? I'm going to give you, um, let, me, I, I, let me share something um, before I give you number two. No, you know what? Let's just go to number two. um, The number two is embrace the process, and then I'll share what I want to share. And I want that slide of the butterfly, the acorn, and the seeds. Okay, so just when the caterpillar thought the world was over, he became a butterfly. Here's what you have to know. You have to know who you are in Christ already and embrace that and believe it, but you also have to know who you are You have to be able to know who you're not already and embrace that. You have to recognize that though you've been made brand new on the inside, you still will have a struggle because your soul still has things in it from this old, the old coping mechanisms, the sinful responses you're used to, the things that have been brought down by your environment, the fact that you constantly got your needs met in fleshly ways you are, that's still lodged in your soul. Joyce Meyer said this. She said when she finally got away from, got born again and got away from her dad who abused her, she thought she was done with her problems, but her problems were embedded in her soul. They were embedded in your, they become embedded in our mind, our emotions. And what happens is, We need to develop this new life. We walk it out with Christ. We develop it. And that's why the butterfly, the caterpillar is so ugly. It doesn't feel good to walk it out sometimes. But there's beauty on the other side of that. Can you go to the next one? It needs to be developed. Just like you see those seeds, they get planted in the ground and little by little, By little by little, we start to grow. This life, this new life, you have to be patient. That's the key. Because what happens is you're gonna get frustrated and think, 
That exact thought, well, if I'm a new creation in Christ, why am I still eating the cookie off the table? Why am I still doing these things? Because there's a developing where the inside of who you are begins to change something in your soul, change who you are, and you've got to be able to persevere. Say, I, I, perseverance is the key. I want you to say, I've got to persevere. Listen to me. The farmer, last year my husband planted cucumbers for the first time. Right, Carolyn? You heard about his cucumbers all the time. So he made these cucumbers, and every day, he's like, he would talk to Carolyn. They're not coming up. The cucumbers are not coming up. And he was out there watering. We have to water those seeds of the DNA of God in us, right? Because what happens is, as you water, he would go out there, and he's like, I'm watering them. I have the little trellis for them to go. And he's like, but I never see a cucumber. And then, there it was. I mean, the cucumber was probably this big. And then it was like, oh my gosh, you know, he probably told Carolyn the cucumbers are coming up. And so those cucumbers started to come up. And then, oh my gosh, they started to get bigger. And then there's more cucumbers and they're starting to multiply. That's what happens. And next week we're gonna talk a little bit more about what that process and what the resources and tools are that help us. But for this week, we have to know who we are and we have to reconcile. I had to realize the two things that God gave me and told me you're gonna walk in the new, but here's what you have to know. You have to really accept this, put it front and center who you are in Christ. And the second thing is you have to remind yourself that there's a process. We were made to grow and change. You were made to grow. You were made to transform and you were made to change. It's part of how God created us. And so when you don't see change fast enough, you have to remind yourself, wait a minute, I'm just growing. I'm growing in Christ. And you have to hold that mentality. See the acorn and that the seeds have the DNA to produce that. This has the DNA to produce that. You have the DNA to produce good works. You have the DNA to live a life free of those bondages, live a life free of those things that so easily entangle you. You have the DNA in you. You've got to be patient with yourself and patient with God. The one, the thing that I, this is the thing that I put on my board. It's at my home and it's in that room over there in my office. And it says this. I have this thing called this a pattern disruptor. I learned this from a coach. And this is if I, here's what it is. If I, Pam Capabianca, hear myself saying or thinking, I will never change or this will never change, then I go to these scriptures. Philippians 1.6, I don't think that's there. You don't have to go there. It says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in my prayers. It goes on to say, I am confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. You've got to recognize that something in you has been created to change and transform and that you be patient because the farmer waits for that to grow and grow and grow. And here's the other scripture I have on my board and it says, I see it every day. 1 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18 says this, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face beholding as a mirror of the glory of the Lord, listen to this, are being transformed 
into the same image from glory to glory, right? From glory, go back to the um, seed picture, from glory to glory, from glory to glory. You go from that, that little piece of glory to bigger glory, to then glory, to glory, until we get to heaven and are, we're totally glorified bodies. We're totally, don't have to worry about what happens in this life because we're done with it. But we go from glory to glory as we develop this. And next week we're gonna talk a little bit about what it looks like to develop it. As we are getting ready to close, in just a minute, I wanna share one quick story about what this looks like. And then I want to, we're gonna play a song at the end here. Just give me a minute. Thank you, Lord, we're so blessed for what you've done for us, Father God. So, I'm, I shared this story yesterday with the staff, or Tuesday, yesterday was Tuesday, and I was crying on my way to the office, because again, I've been crying over this message for weeks now. And I was playing this song, which we're gonna play a little clip of it in just a second. And I was driving here thinking about this. This is how, it, this, is, this is what, I was so grateful I came in just crying because I remember, this is going back a few years, we used to have a little um, office there that was like a little um, conference room. And so I remember being in the conference room and we were having a meeting. Pastor was in there, Pastor Beth, Pastor Tom, Pastor Matt, I think was in there, Pastor Joe, myself. And we were just talking about different things and stuff. And Pastor Tom was talking about evangelism. We were like, oh, we're gonna do some evangelism stuff. We was all excited. And we're talking about Pastor Beth with some prayer stuff. And every, we were all excited and we're talking. And so it was a Friday. And I will never forget, I went home that Friday. And something in me felt sick to my stomach. And I didn't know what it was. But I, that was very common back then. I would always feel that way. Because I would leave an interaction with someone and just feel crappy about myself for some crazy reason, for whoever knows what. And I was feeling so grateful yesterday because I was like, this is so foreign to me now. So I'm sitting in there, I go home, and I felt like sad. Do you ever feel like that like in your emotions? I just felt really sad. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And what was common for me to do is I would go home when I would be so overwhelmed in my emotions, and this was my way of dealing with it, I would go and throw the covers over my head in my bedroom with no lights on, and I would play a worship song, or I would play like something that was speaking the scriptures, because I would go into such places of torment, I could not come out of that unless I had worship on. And so I remember laying in there, and I remember being so sad, and I said, Holy Spirit, here's part of the development. Here's part of the, one of the resources that God's given us is the Holy Spirit. So I said, Holy Spirit, what is going on with me? And he said, remember when you were in that room and you had a meeting and everyone was talking about Pastor Tom's doing this with Evangelist Pastor Beth? Something in you went, something in you, because I knew that a rejection was something I really would heavily deal with for a very long time, felt like you didn't belong there, that you had nothing to offer and you felt like an outcast and an outsider. And something would, when I would get like that, I would feel like I would have to do something in the natural to hold on to control. Like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be, I don't have a place to belong, like what am I gonna do? And so that's what the Holy Spirit does. He brings it up for us. He brings it up, right, to deal with it. And he, he's the agent. He's one of the biggest agents of grace in our life to be able to bring those things up. I remember a, a quick thing years ago when I would scream at my kids all the time. And I remember 
I broke down one day crying at my dining room table and I was like, Lord, what's going on? The Holy Spirit said, you don't know any other way to conduct yourself. Because my family would scream. They would scream at everything. And we laughed, because I'm like the quiet one now in my family. But we, they would scream when we lived with my parents for a short time. My dad and mom, my dad would get up and wash clothes at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Because years ago, he was a truck driver, so he was used to getting up. And so I'm like, what do you have to scream about at 3 o'clock in the morning? He'd be yelling to my mom from downstairs, and she's upstairs. And I'm like, but it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Why are you screaming? And the Holy Spirit said, you don't know any other way. So the, he, what he did was he took the word. He said, okay, a soft answer turns away wrath. So I told my kids, listen, mommy's having a little bit of a hard time. I, I just, sorry if I'm screaming at you and I'm scaring you. But I'm practicing this. God is helping me. And I would go to that scripture, Father, thank you. Yeah, the word of God transforms, it changes. Yeah, I can, I can have a soft answer now. I never scream at my kids, although my son Michael was dressed the other day to go somewhere, and I'm like, and he's like showing me different outfits, and I must have said, put the belt on, the black belt, and I'm like, Mike, put the black belt on. And he's like, why are you yelling at me, Mom? And I'm like, I'm really not. Um, but we have an agent of change, and we have tools, and next week we're gonna talk a little bit more about the tools, but, um, I love something Jackie Hill Perry, she said. Jackie Hill Perry said this. She said, I have a therapist, but they can only do so much to process things. When I, but then after I go with them, I have to go to the Lord, and I say, Lord, I've been this way for 30 years. I need tools, I need resources, and I need courage, and that's what it takes to change. And so as I close, we're gonna listen to a song in a minute, but I'm gonna... I want to share one more quick thing that so, uh, someone said that I stuck out to me and I felt like this was such a perfect for the end of this message. Her name is Patsy Claremont and she said this, for years I flunked mornings. I convinced myself it wasn't friendly. I needed hours to clear my head, that I couldn't be civil until noon and that I couldn't help but drag my funk into the day. It was my DNA, that's what she said. When I owned my lies, I began replacing them with truth. I don't know if you've denied yourself permission to change, but I encourage you to say yes to a larger life. Jake, can you just put um, instrumental music on for a minute before we play that song, if that's possible? And I wanna speak to those of you, if you can just close your eyes for a minute, I wanna speak to those of you that maybe you have denied yourself permission to change or denied yourself permission to a larger life because of maybe your past, because of what you've done. And sometimes we hold on to that shame and we feel like we're not deserving of something new. We're not deserving permission to live this beautiful, beautiful life that God wants to give us beauty for ashes. He wants to restore everything that's been broken in our lives. And I want you in the moments of your heart as we play this a little two minute piece of this song. This song really is setting our hearts upon who God is and reminding ourselves that without him, who would we be? And I want you in those moments to think about where, what you need to let go of to give yourself permission to the new and to give yourself permission to what God wants to do in and what God wants to do through you. So Father, thank you. Go ahead, Jay, you can, um, why don't you just put your hands up and I want you to just really 
there's a part in this song that goes into um, who God is as our, as our saving grace and all, and I want you to just really take hold of that. Put it really loud. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah. Father, thank you that you are our oxygen, Father. You are our saving grace. Father, thank you for each and every person in here that you minister to each one of their hearts, Father God. Not only tonight, Father, but as they leave here tonight, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you continue to, to marinate this word. Whatever seeds of the word got deposited, you begin to marinate it. And Lord, I thank you. We thank you. We're so grateful that you didn't leave us where we were. We're so grateful that you picked us up off the ash heap, you said, and you caused us to sit among princes. You, you pulled us up off the ash heap where nothing, there was nothing good on that ash heap. The ash heap is where they throw the garbage that there no use for you took us off there and Lord I thank you that you restore everything that's been broken in their lives that you begin to restore all of those broken places and Lord like that that song says that you are our oxygen father thank you that you the life of God would breathe the Holy Spirit would breathe upon each life here oh and hover over every area Lord God and father we thank you that we will remember these two things tonight Father, to break that lie that we can never change. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you for ministering peace. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one that you, you feel like peace constantly eludes you. I speak peace to you. Peace in the middle of the storm. I thank you for the peace of God, the peace of God that lives in you by the power of the Prince of Peace. Yes, thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you for the grace, that the, the tools of grace that you've given us, that we do not, Father God, because of grace, because of these tools, Lord God, we can be something we've never even, could even fathom or imagine because you take us from that place and you give us beauty for ashes. You said that you would, you would rebuild the old broken places, Father God, and you would make us a fruitful garden. Thank you. Yeah, I speak fruitful garden to your lives. I speak for, I thank you that the enemy will not steal, the enemy will not kill, the enemy will not destroy. He will not suffocate the purposes of God in your life. Hallelujah, why don't you stand up and prayer workers come up. If any of you need prayer, you wanna get prayer tonight as, as we go for any of those areas. But Father, I thank you that life, yeah, that life, that some kind, that life went in, that there was an, that oxygen, there, there was, there's, there's like billows, I thank you that the billows of the Holy Spirit moved in the hearts of those who needed it tonight, Father God. And Lord, I thank you that that will bring change, that they can breathe again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can breathe again. Yes, you can dream again. Yes, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Oh, we're so grateful. Father, thank you that we leave here with grateful hearts. We will never forget who we are in you and what you've done for us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You can come up for prayer. If you need prayer for anything, do not leave. Get up here right now and we're gonna pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.